Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, it's Trent here, and it is wonderful to have your company today for episode 193. This week on Toy Power, it's all about the toy manufacturing and creation as we chat with a very special guest. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we've got Darren. Good to be with you. Ben. G'day, g'day. Frank. Hoi, hoi. And Nick from Neymar Studios. Welcome to Toy Power. Thank you for having me, guys. Pleasure. We are super excited. And I know, Ben, any excuse he's got to bust open some beautiful figures from, from your studio, he does. Um, and to be to be honest, I think I was there yes, yeah, when you jawbone. got Jawbone. Yeah, yeah. I and, was literally I was heading over to your house and I was pulling out of the driveway and the delivery guy pulled up behind me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I grabbed that package and I'm like, just chucked it in the car and I brought it around to... Uh, uh, your place and I knew I sort of could see on the label that it was from Neymar Studios and I'm like oh cool I can show something wicked to, to Trent so we opened it together so to speak so, and yeah. yeah and I guess to that point just the expression on your face yeah. Ben would yeah. have been lovely for Nick to have seen a yeah. little video of yeah. the excitement but that's yeah. that's very cool hey any new guests to Toy Power Nick you have to go through our initiation ceremony which is essentially right, okay. g- going back and, and imagining <laughs> Those, those wee childhood years, circa around the age of 10. Um, and, and tell right. us a little bit about what you were into at that. So did you have a, a favourite film as a 10-year-old? I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, my favourite film as a 10-year-old, which is going to sound really, really wrong now, um, is Aliens. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Aliens was mine. But, it, but it, see, it, it, it's weird because, like... I had a version of Aliens that was taped off the TV, right? right? So this version of Aliens had been edited for TV. Yep. So some of the pieces have been cut out (laughs) and some of the language have been overdubbed. So when I got to kind of like, I think I was about 15, 16, and I actually saw the, um, I think it was like the director's version of special edition. Um, I was like, wow, those extra bits with the the guns and the the (laughs) corridor, they're really, really cool. But at the same time, I was like, that's not what he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a completely different movie. You know, it was a completely different film. But yeah, Aliens was my was my favorite movie when I was ten, and I always found it really weird um, because my dad said to me, "He's like, you can watch this version of Aliens because you know it's just Marines kind of you know against against aliens and stuff." And I said, "Well, I, I want to watch Alien." And when I was like, you know, eleven, twelve, and he's like, "No, you're not watching Alien until you're, you're older." Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't until. I was old enough to kind of watch Alien and appreciate Alien. And I was like, yeah. And I've said, so we've had yep. this discussion since me and my dad. And I said, it was the claustrophobia. It's the, and it's like, yeah, you, you weren't watching that when you were 12. But, you know, Marines <laughs> kicking it out of Aliens. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. absolutely. Well, look, we are a toy-based podcast. So we've got to ask, 10-year-old Nick, what was your favorite toy? What was the action figure you were running around with at 10 years old? Same answer. Uh, Ken Aliens, nice. Ken nice. Aliens, they came out over. They came out over in the US in '92. Um, I would have been ten in '93. And you see, Ken Aliens over here, they weren't readily available. You couldn't like get them everywhere. You couldn't like just walk into Toys R Us. You could later on, mm, but when yep. they first came out, the only way was to get them through uh, Forbidden Planet in yep. London. Yep. Um, and I'm up in North Wales, um, you know, like three and a half hours away. So as a 10 year old, I can't turn around to my, you know, my mum and dad and go, I, I want to go to the toy store down in London. <laughs> can we just pop in, um, yeah. Yeah, can we just, can we just pop in, please? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, even when I was 10, I still collected things. So I, I used to read the, um, the, Dark the Dark Horse, Horse comics. Aliens comics. Yeah. 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 And there was an advert, there was a full page advert in there for Forbidden Planet London. And they had like the first lot of the first wave of Kenner aliens. I had to get over like my collector OCD and like cut, 
cut the order form out of, out of the magazine. It's going to damage like, it. And, uh, and, you know, my mum and dad kind of like said, well, you know, you can have, I had like birthday money, I think it was, or something like that. And they said, you know, you can take, you can have three three figures. So I picked Ripley, Apone, and the Queen. Nice. Um, yeah. And the, the check went off with the order slip. And then it was like three or four weeks later that the parcel came through and I had the mm-hmm. Canadian and I was like, yeah. And they were like, they were import versions because they yep. had a the little rolled up comic inside. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. 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 Um, and I, I kind of, yeah, and they were like my favorite thing in the world because it was like, I've got an alien queen action figure. I'm like, Ripley looks nothing like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got an alien queen. Yeah. <laughs> so. Ah, wicked. Good choices. Now, uh, your fate. Now, obviously, we'll talk about this as the episode goes on. But the question here <laughs> I've got for you is: your favourite knockoff figure? Favourite yeah. knockoff figure, even though it's technically not really a knockoff, it's kind of its own thing. But for some reason, it's it's classed as a knockoff, yeah. and I don't know why it's classed as a knockoff, but it is. Would be Cosmic Cowboys Iron yeah. Jaw. Yes, yes, Ooh. love that. So that that to, for the boys that don't doesn't know, it is a skull. Wearing a cowboy outfit, yep. he looks fantastic. Like, uh, yeah, there he is there on on screen. Oh, wow. He is uh, outstanding, super rare. You pay a lot of money to find one of those. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's um outstanding. Uh, I can yeah. certainly see why. He, yeah, he's kind of his own thing, though. That, yes. That's the yeah. weird thing that Cosmic Cowboys were their their own thing. Yeah, they weren't really a knockoff, but they're classed as being a knockoff. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to say I enjoy Cosmic Cowboys. Oh, that's because there's this line in the you know, and I don't know where the line is. Mm. There's things that we refer to as knockoffs, and we'll probably get into them. Where it's almost like you know, Masters of the Universe comes out, and then Remco yes. does you know, Warrior Beasts or yep. something that is so yep. close to and so inspired by, but it's meant it's not trying to be you know, they're not doing He Man as yeah, a figure. That's right. They're doing their own thing. Uh-huh. But I, I guess we would call. I mean, we they almost similarly get classed into into sort of knockoffs, don't mm. they? Bootlegs, yep. knockoffs, yeah. even though technically they're their own property. Yep. So yeah, true. exactly. Um, you you you, you ramco stuff like your warrior beasts, uh, pirates of the galaxies, that kind of stuff. That they, they, they are actually their own their own thing, their own entity. Yes. Yep. Um, yep. Well, yeah. Something like teenage mutant tortoises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even even the warlord had his own DC comic. So. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm. Very cool. Very cool. All right, we might get into the main part of the uh, interview. So, um, Nick, where are you, where you? Obviously, we can tell from your accent. Where exactly do you herald from? I'm from North Wales. Nice. Um, in the United Kingdom. So. Uh, kind of, if you look at a map of the United Kingdom and go halfway up and onto the uh, left-hand side, there's like this bit that sticks out, which is Wales. Um, <laughs> and we're kind of famous for, you know, uh, hills and rain and sheep. Um, <laughs> we have one of those. It's that, called New Zealand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, that's kind of where we're, that, that, that's where I'm from. I've, um, I'm from a little town on the border with England called uh, Wrexham. And uh, I've kind of lived here all my life, so nice, excellent. So in the in this uh, modern era of uh, collecting, what are you what are you into? What's on your uh, on your shopping list as far as toys go? I um, focus on three. I though I I'll, I'll be honest, I do hate the terminology focus because <laughs> focusing implies that you are like dead down the line with something, <laughs> and I and I prefer to kind of you know well I like that, so I'll buy it. But I do have three areas that i collect uh i collect japanese vinyl yep beautiful yep because i love safubi um i just love the aesthetic of safubi i think it's gorgeous i collect vintage thundercats because thundercats was something that i had when i was a kid and uh they're just again i love love the aesthetic of them they're just they're beautiful yep and uh and i collect akamas toys as well so Akamas Toys was a, a British a toy company um, based out of Nottingham in the 80s, right up to about 1990, 1991. Um, and they they had Cosmic Cowboys was one of their wow. properties. Okay. Um, Exchangers, Battlehawks were those. They, they belonged to, to Akamas Toys back in the day. So I collect them. They're not easy to collect as a, as a rule of thumb. But uh, it's getting harder to get pieces that I don't have from them now because now we're into the realms of weird and wonderful vehicles that only came out in Italy and stuff like yeah. that. Right. So, 
And, and is that that's primarily the reason it's hard to collect is where the distribution was or is it sort of production numbers it's uh production numbers distribution i mean some Akamas toys like some of the exchanges you can get them all the time on ebay some of the cosmic cowboys they, they crop up all the time but others you know yeah. like iron jaw uh complete chief iron lance that kind of stuff that they, they do i mean trying to find mock versions of them nigh on impossible, impossible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah um yeah um i mean i I was very very fortunate you probably see that in the background there partially that i managed to pick up a boxed exchanges vehicle which is just unheard of in my kind of god knows how many years of collecting i've never seen one before yeah Yeah. um and yeah just just distribution and the fact that you know they were essentially classed as like a cheaper version of a mainstream toy because even though they had they, they were their own thing uh they didn't have cartoons yep um, you know, they didn't have mass advertising campaigns, mm. so they were classed as a cheap version of this. You know, I mean, everybody the, with Cosmic Cowboys, everybody makes a mistake that, oh, it's a knockoff of Brave Star, and it's like, well, actually, Brave Star came after. Yep. Yes. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So who's, who's knocking off who? It's, <laughs> you know. But I reckon that's, that's a very important point around some of these cheaper toys. We, we mm. had um, a discussion uh, on the show about even some of the the Mexican figures or South American figures that were done. Mm. And these might even be, you know, masters of the universe having uh, top toys or whoever doing them. And that you just don't see mint on card versions of these because they were, no. they were cheap and they were just opened and, and almost just non-existent. Mm. I can imagine like with a line, I, what was it like that we saw mask? There was like a mask and they opened up this big shipping container oh, and there were like yeah. 50 yeah. boxes yeah, of masks. Box. Yeah. You know, like it, it got distributed. There, there was surplus stock or, or it got put away or it got clearance and people bought up, you know, collectors bought up huge things. So there's all this mint on card stuff just not the case with some of this cheap stuff no, that's no, so yeah that's not. incredible and, and and even in your mainstream line thundercats another very hard one to get yeah. In <laughs> yeah i mean i yeah because i mean two of my most my most hunted like thundercats are not actually thundercats um and again let me talk about south america they, they come from glasslight in brazil yeah. yep uh, yep dinosaurs um, and what they yeah. what they did was that they they had the license to um the japanese property jaiban I'm probably not saying that right, but yeah. Um, and they reused uh, Monkey on and the Vulture Man's body, oh, right? Cool. And put like a wolf, like a lion's head on Monkey on, and like a, a um, like a rhino's head on Vulture Man, and they called them Morphus and Demon. Yep. And they, they came out in the Jaiban line by Glasslight, and they're just proverbial rocking ass. You just you can't find them. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. And of course, trying to get anybody to actually communicate with you. So, because apparently in Brazil, they're plentiful. Oh. <laughs> It'd be cheaper to but, get a know. plane ticket over there and back. Well, yeah, <laughs> if you want to go to Brazil. <laughs> nice. All right, so we're here tonight, obviously, uh, in part to talk about uh, your amazing toys and your company, Nima Studios. Um, yep. Give us uh, give us the 411, give us the origin story of Nima Studios. And, and at what point did you go... I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not seeing the toys I want, so I'm gonna make my own company. How, how does that work? Nima Studios comes out of. Um, we originally had uh, a retail outlet, I, which we started about four years ago. Now it is coming up on four years next April. Um, that was just the whole point. Originally, was for us to import designer toys that weren't getting sold here in the United Kingdom. Yeah. Um, by those manufacturers that. You could get in the US, you could get them in, in Japan and all those places, but you couldn't get them here. So we, I, I was getting really, really fed up with paying import charges all the time and like buying one figure and it was costing me double that figure to actually get it here. And I said to my wife, I said, there's got to be a better way of doing this. And she said, well, why don't you just do it then? There's a better way of doing it. Don't talk about it. Get on with it. Right? So, and so I said, fine, okay, well, I will. So we started this, this, this company which is called Flost and Paradise. Oh, nice. Uh, Fifth element reference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we started this company called Flost and Paradise and we were like, right, we'll do this retail out and we started hitting the conventions, all this kind of stuff. And we were importing um, Boss Fight Studio, Amok yeah, Time, nice. Super 7, yeah. which yeah. weren't, they, they weren't available, mm. you know, three years ago. You couldn't get them over here. Yes. There was no outlet for them. 
Um, and, and eventually, the, the plan was always to kind of get into a, a, a scenario where we were making our own toys and creating our own toys. But when it came time to actually make our own toys, we realized that, you know, we, we can't put Flossed and Paradise on the cards or the boxes. <laughs> You know, because yep. Luke, Luke Besson's going to come knocking on our door. <laughs> you know. but like, He'll send Bruce Willis in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, in, 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 in breach of a, you know, gazillion copyrights. <laughs> Mia Jovovich knocking on the front door for a lawsuit. And it was like, okay, all right. So we had to come up with something that was different. We had to come up with a, we had to rebrand. So we, we decided, we kind of thought about it. And uh, we eventually came up with NEMA Studios. And the origin of, of the word NEMA is it's the first letter from my name. And my wife, who's the uh, equal partner in the business, Emma, it's E-M-A from her name. Yep. Nice. Sure. Yeah. So we said, we'll put those two together. And then nobody can accuse us of absolutely anything. Like, well, <laughs> you know, you've taken that from there. And it's like, no, we really haven't. <laughs> so, Outstanding. Yeah, beautiful. All right. Um, so, uh, tell us a bit about your process of making these figures come to life, from design through to the finished uh, packaged, you know, figures. Like, you know, what's the what's the sort of timeline? How did you get onto it? You were you a customizer back in the day? That, you know, how does one go through this process? I, I've been known to customize and dabble slightly, but no, nothing, you know, as, as elaborate as what we've done there. I mean, basically, what, what happens is in terms of timeline, it can take anything up to 12 months. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, if you're Hasbro or, you know, Funko or Super 7 or whatever, you you know, you can do this in six months. Right. You know, if you're Funko or Hasbro or Mattel, you can do it in three. Yeah. Because, you know, you've got that kind of firepower. You've got that kind of capability. As a, as a minnow, you know, mm-hmm. um, like us, as an independent, uh, it, it takes about a year to do. And... Obviously, it starts out, you know, with the idea and you have the idea and you thrash the idea around for a little bit and go, right, well, can we do this and can we make that work? And do we need a license and do we not need a license? And, you know, are we going to annoy this person? Yeah, probably. Do we care? No. right. Um, and, uh, you know, you kind of hash that, that around and before you actually decide it's a good idea. The next phase is to do, or at least this is our process anyway, but mm-hmm. the next phase is to do a 2D map. So you do what we call a mapping, which is you basically have an, uh, an outline uh, in black and white and in full color of the actual figure that you're going to produce. So like front, back, side, mm. you know, various different angles. Yes. Um, which, you know, which our artist does. He, he kind of produces that. But normally what will happen is I have a very odd way of mocking things up because I'm not very good at uh, the, the, the kind of sketch drawing stuff. So... What I will do is I will like hit Google and I will download like a million different images. <laughs> and then I will spend like two, three hours chopping these images up into Photoshop yeah. um, and kind of drawing over them and recoloring them and stuff like that. And I'll take a head from here and a body from there and a limb from that and I'll put it onto it until I get something that looks kind of halfway bit like what I want it to look like. Mm. And then I'll send that to Theo and I'll say, I kind of want it to be like this. And we're very fortunate to have Theo who works with us because Theo just gets my mind and he gets where we're at. And they go, yeah, I know what you're going for. And then he creates like the proper 2D map. Yep. Um, once we sign off on the 2D map, uh, we then 3D sculpt. Now, I, there's obviously the ongoing debate that's as old as like toy making um now that it's like do you you know if you're 3d sculpting digitally Mm. then it's not really sculpting etc it needs to be done in wax well yeah that's fine but we don't do that we 3d (laughs) sculpt digitally um and once the 3d sculpt is digitally done you you then render that into a physical 3d print which acts as your tooling master yep um you, you do make changes as you go along. So you'll say, well, that needs to, to be adjusted slightly. More often than not, you'll get the 2D map through. And when you get to the point of 3D mapping, you can do anything in 3D map. Mm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you can tool that, you know, mm. because when you get to tooling, you can't, there's no undercuts or undercuts are very, very minimal. Yep. So, um, so you've got to kind of adjust it for undercuts. Obviously, you don't have to adjust it for joints, 
and stuff like that when you're kind of doing those those mappings mm. so you'll do those maps you'll do the uh, you'll kind of you'll do the 3d render you'll adjust as you go you'll get the 3d print you'll look at the 3d print you'll go that looks amazing but i'm not sure i can make that into a toy yeah. um and that needs to be kind of changed this needs to be changed this needs to be adjusted this might need to be re-engineered you'll go back you'll change and reprint or you'll just go forward with what you've got and say well we can just adjust that in the production process you tool it um which is obviously a big steel molds yes the, if you watch any kind of toy making video the, you know you'll see those those are the the most expensive bit by a country mm, mile yeah yeah so you tool it um out of the tool comes uh your initial first shots which is your, your test shots which are obviously you know quite famously in multicolored plastic mm-hmm. and that kind of thing which are quite now collectible yes um, yeah, yeah. and there's quite a few companies that now imitate that as an actual release <laughs> yeah um which yeah. i was find quite interesting so <laughs> but yeah you, you'll have because the, the whole point and the reason that they're they're multicolored is just it's whatever plastic is lying around at the time yeah there's uh you know because they're not going to put production plastic in just in case it's wrong mm. and like we you know we had it with Deflatron, um, where the first tool that they made of Deflatron, there were weird markings that the tool had deformed on the arm, on the um, left-hand arm. Uh, so it wasn't coming out right. And I remember that they, they sent us um, test shots of this in this awful, what I can only describe as dog shit brown. (laughs) Finally, we can visualize it. (laughs) It it was just disgusting. It was like, it was like, wow, that color is horrendous. It was like this real old, like 70s chocolate brown color. (laughs) And it was like, wow, that does not look good in that color. Um, And we were kind of looking at it and going, right, you know, well, we've got this this brown one and he had clear armor and <laughs> and a white gun and it was like wow that looks dire um <laughs> and obviously what we saw so they had to completely retool massive sections of him which is why he was delayed in his in his shipping so that can happen you can get the tools and you can be like here comes the test shops we're away here we go for production and no no right you yeah. know need to retool how long will that be oh another two months oh yeah. great oh, wow. you know yeah. And while you're doing that, and that's all going on in your factory, you're then in a position where you can start looking at card art. So, you know, in our case, Theo, who's our artist, he paints our cards for us, and they're stunning. Yeah. Yes, they yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I brought, I brought the, um, the cards in today nice. for the boys. So, nice. yeah, I, love, yeah. I love the well, you, uh, you... Death Latron uh, poster that was included with uh, the first few orders. So that was yeah, awesome. Yeah. I was uh, fortunate to get one of those, yeah. You wait to see till you see the the cards of Novatron Wave One. Nice, yeah, <laughs> very cool. That that they, 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 they those that you're holding are good. The Novatron yeah. Wave One cards are mind blowing. Yeah, cool. cool. Um, and of course, you've got all the other stuff that you need to kind of go down. Where you know you've got your layouts. Um, you've got to look at you know what are you going to reveal on the back of the on the back of the card. Do you want to tell people this? Do you want to tell people that? Do you want to tell people the other? Um, you're doing your advertising campaigns at the same time. There's all that's been worked mm-hmm. into your process. And then obviously yep. once your tooling is right and, you know, you've gone through having God awful 70s chocolate brown versions, <laughs> um, you can then, you then get a pre-production sample, which is where they, they do it in the proper colors. They do it in the proper vinyl and you get a packaging sample with that. And they show you and they say, look, this is what your thing is going to look like. You then go into production, which can take anything depending on your run number um i mean we haven't had a production run that's gone longer i don't think than seven weeks oh no no i lie i lie if you count the delays in in novatron wave one 12 weeks um but it's it's par for the course yeah once it's all done it then gets parceled up and and over it comes and you get that yippee moment where it comes you know, the courier <laughs> stops on the pavement outside and goes, I've got large boxes for you. Yeah, and you and, put them. <laughs> yeah, you've got that horrible kind of, you've got that horrible heart in the mouth moment where you kind of like, you've got your knife and you go back to open the top of the box and go, are they going to be all right? And of course you open them up and, you know, they, they, they look great. And you then start, 
the packaging process of sending them out to the good people that have backed you and made it happen. Wow. So did you have so, any like history with this sort of like designing and you know, I mean there's a, as you've just explained an awful lot of steps but did you find out a lot of this out as you were going along sort of thing or was this I mean I don't know you know outside of this what your your day to day job is but it was literally I want to make a toy and then you go oh my yeah, god there's, there's a lot all these there's a lot involved processes yeah. to go through no we we had to learn mm. yeah um cool. like this this is my day job yeah right. Yeah. This is this is my day job now. I I, I um, gave up being in corporate business, yeah. um, and that that's kind of sounds bad because that sounds like I came out of corporate business with some nice healthy backers <laughs> and, and a big chunk of change and was able to kind of just go and make some toys for fun. Nothing like that at all, you know. Right. Um, I had uh, just a, a kind of experience where I just after the, I just said, you know what, I I, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't mm. want to work in an office anymore especially not being what I was at the time, which was a complaints analyst. No, so I just said, no, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to kind of just create something and, and toys have always been a massive part of my life. So this is what I want to do now. Um, but in terms of learning, yeah, you, there isn't a guidebook. Mm. Mm, yeah, there isn't a book. There isn't, there isn't <laughs> a, a manuscript. There isn't a set of rules. You just have to kind of, jump in and go all right let's see where this goes and you know in terms of like creation and stuff like that you know you hear horror stories about we went to um one of the factory before we got to that one there that made those guys for us and the 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 stuff that was coming out of there was horrific Mm. so we we dropped quite lucky that 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 was our second factory because you do hear horror stories of, of, of other manufacturers and they you know small manufacturers like us who takes them three or four years to get a figure out because you know the multiple factories they've had to yeah. go through in order to you know kind of get to that point yeah. where they've actually got something that's you know decent enough to kind of sell to the public well i don't know about you boys but i'm pretty sick of working in an office I like <laughs> yeah. that's that's my plan <laughs> it's <laughs> funny you say that frank i was just thinking looking at ben's talk on the table here too it helps i'm just so glad that you made that choice um and made that switch because the toy collecting world is so much better for it. These are a really unique looking type of toy, but they, they come up in, in nostalgia as well from, sure. from yeah. a time when, when toys were, you know, that that sort of bright colours and, mm. and you mm-hmm. know, gnarly looking, you know, monsters from anywhere kind of kind of thing. And, you know, um, the toy industry is much better for having you in it and having oh, that sort you. of... That sort of toy. Well, speaking of that things, makes that makes it all worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> and the quality is in, insane. I remember when we opened up the Deathletron and seeing the crispness of the paint apps, the quality of the sculpts, um, mm-hmm. the armor, the way that the you know the, the different bits fit together, beautifully done. High, I mean, obviously a high quality product and testament to. I mean, obviously you need to work with the manufacturer to get it mm. to this, but clearly you must be happy with the stuff they're producing because it is to my eye you know it's a quality piece it's a it's an artistic high-end piece well i remember when i uh, cracked open jawbone you were studying it and you're like there's not a paint application out of place here not even even the gauntlets where they're they're sort of they've got the the torn kind of you know your fur popping out from underneath it's the crispest you know that's where a lot of these and i guess you know look the Hasbro's and the Mattel's—they're—they're they're in huge numbers, yeah. and and yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know you just don't see that level yeah. of quality on on that sort of thing. And that look, and you're probably playing in a different market. Yeah, you're in that yeah, you know, higher end, but it, it's a testament to I guess you and what you're accepting, and then I guess working with the the producers as well. I have quite a high level of standard that I you know, uh, and a few a few of my friends will say to me that you know you're kind of 90 or, or like 85 75 <laughs> percent is, is 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 other people's 100 percent. yeah and i'm like yeah i said but the problem is that if i if i if i like say oh that's good enough then i know it's there mm. yeah and that, yeah. that's yeah. that's the really annoying bit that it's like it's kind of like I, I won't do that because i won't sit there and go oh well that that's okay that's enough yeah. you know that's 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 all right that you know because it's like 
I know that that's not all right. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but nobody will notice. Like, oh, <laughs> I'll no. notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be surprised. Oh, no. Some yeah. of us can be pretty, um, you know, what's the term? Well, oh, it's a family-friendly show, as Frank said, so I'll just say picky. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we I mean, can, can be... Hardcore. Really <laughs> yeah. Hardcore. Well, we collected... Hardcore. Yeah, Masters of the Universe Classics was a great example where, you know, and look, they, they said, you know, the amount of errors that come back from the manufacturers and they go, yep, we've picked up this, we've picked up that. And you get it in your hand, you're like, well, the shoulders are reversed. Um, <laughs> or that, that's got the wrong gauntlet on the wrong, you know. And, and I don't know, the, the frustration of those things creeping through, but it does happen. Mm. They're, they're the sorts of, you know, when you've got big runs and, and lots of steps and processes, mm. they're the things that do happen. So, it yeah, everyone's we- human, I guess we had mishaps that came through you just never saw them yeah there were mishaps that came that came through there were things that went wrong there were pieces that came from the factory you just never saw them they never went out yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's good cool, cool so we're here to talk about the novatron figures as we've been talking about so far but tell us a bit about the other items on your website as for duck boy and things like that so where did duck boy and right. stuff come from right duck boy is Duck Boy's got a basis in reality, bizarrely, because if you look at the character, <laughs> it's a cat wearing a duck mask. I was going to say. Right? <laughs> but it, it has got a basis in reality. Uh, many, many moons ago, 14 years ago now, when I was working in an office, I got a call from my mum, rather fraught, who was, my mum and dad have their own business, they're upholsterers, and they, they'd gone down to uh, this farm where their wood turner was to pick up some, some legs for their, their upholstered footstools. And um, I got a call from my mum, really fraught, saying, I have a tiny six-week-old ginger tomcat in my hands. And I went, right. Now, I had cats already, and I still have cats. And I said, right, okay. And and like the far- and she basically said, the farmer's told me that bad things are going to happen to this cat because he's no use to him unless we rehome him. And I'm like, right, okay, what am I, like, home for cats? Okay, <laughs> fine. All right, bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. So he came home and he's like this this big. He's like three inches long. He's like a way too young to be away from his mom. So he got ill really quickly and uh, took him to the vet. The vet said, gave him a bunch of injections, but the vet said, yeah, it's got cat flu. Um, and at this age, 50-50. Mm. Um, I was not having that. I'd grown really attached to this little fella. Nursed him round. He was absolutely fine. I'm staring at him right now. Um, asleep <laughs> on top of a box. He's fourteen. Oh, yeah. wasn't yeah. that good? Yeah. Right? yeah, he's fourteen. So he's and he's and he, he he's one of my best friends in the whole world. Nice. I love the little guy. But one of the things that that came as a side effect uh, of the cat flu was that he can't meow anymore. Right, right. Okay. So one of two things happens when he opens his gob. He either makes no noise at all. Or he makes a snorting noise that quacks like a dog. (laughs) (laughs) He makes this like snorting noise, right? And um, over time, his actual given name is Pumpkin, you know, because he's ginger. And uh, over time, he kind of ceased to be Pumpkin and kind of became Duck, (laughs) right? Uh, Because that's what I would call him, just Duck. And, you know, naturally, as he would do something naughty or whatever, I would call him boy, you know, like, what are you doing, boy? What are you doing? Now, one day, randomly, I'm in the kitchen. I've got dinner. You know, I've got two things. And he's about to climb on my thing. uh, (laughs) Right on cue. Special guest. He would climb on my, uh, he would climb up and do exactly what he's just done now. Um, talk about timing and, and he'd climb on me and stuff and I had dinner and like this and he tried to climb up on me and I went duck boy what are you doing and my oh. wife instantly turned to me and went that sounds like a superhero name <laughs> and I went god it does doesn't it and, I, and I, I, I'm going to apologise I've done this before but it's oh, I did this horrible 1966 Batman announcer <laughs> impression and went the incredible adventures of Duck Boy <laughs> and it and it just stuck nice. and literally over the years we kind of developed it and then didn't do anything with it 
and then did something with it and then didn't do anything with it and then did something with it and put it on the back burner and nothing ever came of it. You know, we never actually did anything with it apart from just throw ideas around. Mm. And when it came time for us to make our own toys, we started to pursue licenses because it's like well that's what you do you pursue licenses mm. you know you go and you pay somebody a lot of money and they <laughs> say yes and then you make no, no money at all <laughs> and we and we didn't get anywhere nobody wanted to deal with us nobody would deal with us nobody would touch us because we've not made a toy before mm. and i wasn't like you know knocking on hasbro's hasbro's door here and going like excuse me i want to make star wars that wasn't happening <laughs> you know yeah. i was going for like really obscure stuff and couldn't get it wouldn't happen mm. so eventually we kind of came around to it and after about four or five rejections on licenses subsequently a couple of them have now been made we we got to a point where we were just sat there and we were going right okay well what do we do mm. what do we do what can we make we want to make something you know that doesn't have a license that doesn't need a license we want to create something that you know we can just do our own thing with and we had the light bulb moment and we went let's do duck boy nice there you go <laughs> Yeah, we own Duck Boy. Let's do Duck Boy. <laughs> so, we, so that, so that's what we did. We can, and then we started looking at a comic, and and we started because we started bring, we brought out a comic strip, and we looked at you know the vinyl toys and that kind of thing, and that's why Duck Boy was our first, our first thing that we created because we owned it and we could do whatever we want with it, and it's crazy. The world of Duck Boy has not even been scratched the surface. It's <laughs> mental. Yeah, cool. So Absolutely mental. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to pay and rights it's... to Pumpkin, though, do you? <laughs> <laughs> sure, surely, again, sorry? You don't have to pay rights to Pumpkin because surely he's the the originator of the idea. <laughs> oh, he is spoiled rotten. <laughs> <laughs> he he's is looked spoiled after. rotten. He, he gets his own way more than anything else. <laughs> Honestly, if you saw the way that I dote on that cat, you'd be like, really, dude? Really? <laughs> Nice. It, 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 is he your are you, is he your cat or are you his human? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like no, I'm very much his human, you know. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, Doug Boy, we we made um, we made the first four vinyl figures. Uh, we released the first volume of the comic book. Uh, it's been on hiatus for a little bit because we've been focusing on Novatron. Uh, but Duck Boy is coming back next year in 2021. So nice. uh, there's more stuff that's going to be coming from him. Hopefully more comics. Um, crosses over into other universes yeah. that I can't say too much about. And well, you've got you've got Duck Boy as He-Man, oh, as uh, Battle Cat and Panther. So that's in <laughs> color schemes. They're pretty cool. So just Yeah, uh... we did those. As a, they were a Toy-Con exclusive. Yeah. They, were, they were fun. Yeah, definitely. All right. Yeah, so cl clearly Novatron uh, are inspired by the KO figures, right? There's uh, like obviously um, we've got Deathletron. Very, he's based on the Speclatron line. Um, yes, yeah. So that's really cool. Um, uh, you know, where, where did you draw these inspirations for Jawbone, and you know, why this larger scale? And you know, tell us a bit about the aspirations behind uh, where you're getting these from, because I can obviously see. The, the infamous horror castle uh, in the background of all mm -hmm. the artwork and things, um, you know, tell us all about, you know, you must have a huge passion for that sort of thing to draw that inspiration from. Yeah. I mean, it, it was interesting because we, we worked with Theo firstly on the duck boy project and Novatron actually comes out of a conversation that me and Theo had one afternoon when we were on the phone. And we kind of, we, we had this discussion where Theo said to me, he said, I would love to do um, a piece of artwork because obviously he's, you know, he's an artist. He said, I would love to do a piece of artwork that was like Jason Edmondson's He-Man stuff, but was a knockoff figure. Yeah. Yep. And I said, right, okay. I said, I loved, I, and, I, and I just said, I, I really like the concept. The concept's really, really cool. But what would you use it for? What would you do with it? Um, how would you use it? What would it be a part of kind of thing? And what if we did do it, what would we do with that piece of artwork? We threw all kinds of ideas around. We were talking about, you know, posters, prints, comics, all this kind of stuff. And eventually, like, I, I just kind of turned around and I said, why don't, you know, the, the logical thing for us to do 
with something like this is an action figure card. Mm. Yeah. But in order for us to do the card, <laughs> we have to make the toy. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, so it was a really expensive way of making the <laughs> So we kind of, we just said, okay, well, let, let's make the toy. Yeah. Let, let's, let's make death law because that that's what he's based on he's based yes. on spectrotron death law and we yeah. were like let's make death law let's let's redesign it so then again we started kicking around the idea of right okay well if we're gonna redesign death law if we're gonna take this very very recognizable like holy grail bootleg figure yeah. and do something new with it what are we gonna do with it because obviously you know mike at zola world his stuff is fantastic and yeah. he does the 5.5 stuff and he did his uh, legends of darkness was his version of of spectrotron and he does a, a death monster in that which is death law so it's yeah. like we don't want to do 5.5 yeah. because you can buy a, a 5.5 you know mike's got that covered mm. so what do we do with it and and what and how do we create him and, and we almost went the other way because a lot of people they start small and then get bigger yep Whereas we were like, well, let's not do that. Let's start big and get smaller. <laughs> so we decided that what we wanted to do, because we've made vinyl toys before, we were like, right, let's use the same factory and let's create a hybrid between an action figure and a Sufubi vinyl toy. And let's mash that with the idea of redesigning a bootleg to make it legitimate. Mm. Uh, and bringing that whole thing full circle. And then at the same time as redesigning the bootleg to make it legit, let's mash that into other ideas and other concepts that we love, like 90s toys that were ridiculously oversized yep. and were yep. ridiculously brightly colored. So whereas like the 80s had all been either He-Man in the muscle stance yeah. or three and three quarter inch, yep. The 90s was like, how big and gross can we go? <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. how brightly neon colored, how big, how gross can we make these things? <laughs> yeah, that's you know, pretty much it. Describes put... the 90s really well, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> it does, doesn't it? You know, so it's like, how, how, can, how, how far can we push the envelope? So we were like, let's make it like a 90s toy. And the brief that we had was we want it to emanate like toxic crusaders. Yep. Yes. Yep. yep. Um, we want it to emanate stuff like small soldiers so yeah. it's yeah. big and it's Chunky. bulky and it's mm. huge and ultimately we had this thing where we we really would of the mindset we were like you know what if we're gonna make this toy i want this toy to look like it would beat the living crap out of he-man yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. so there's, there's never any doubts that it's like if this thing comes toe-to-toe -to -toe with he-man he-man's gonna lose yes yeah. yeah you know and that's that was kind of the briefing that we had and the design that theo came back with was was this one so and then we followed our, our process and we had it sculpted and everything and obviously that was deathletron and the reason that deathletron is called deathletron is because we didn't want to call him death and we didn't want to call him death law. And of course, but he's got to have some reference to that. And he comes from Speclatron. Yeah. Jawbone is based on another, because Speclatron is made by S and T sales or was made by S and T sales in New York. Uh, and Jawbone is based on their Flexatron line. That's right. Mm. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, where they did a character called uh, Hairbone, H-E-R-R, -R, um, which is a weird, like, skull version of He-Man's head <laughs> in grey with just black eye sockets and, like, weird red hair. And he was a, <laughs> it was a bendum. He was a flexible bendum. Right, and he had this okay. grey skin tone. Yep. And, of course, as, as, as you guys will know, Ben especially, the, the original plan for Jawbone was that he was going to have the grey and white skin. Mm. Right. Um, when he was going to come out, but when he came down to it and we got to production, it was like, should we just make it glow in the dark? <laughs> <laughs> let's, 
Yeah. Let's just make it. Because we were like, should we make a variant <laughs> later on? And I was like, nah, screw it. Let's just make it glow in the dark as standard. <laughs> yeah. I like, I, I'm a sucker for all things glow in the dark. So I'm really glad you went with that uh, choice. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. And he really does glow. He as does. Well, he does he? really pop. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's a good glow. Well, yeah, Ben's got sure. one of these black it, lights he goes around mm. and just charge, supercharges oh, yeah, everything yeah. up. And yeah. it's like, it's like Christmas in there. <laughs> and then, and then. Yeah, on the back of the card, we've got the Spirit of Monster Castle as a tease. So we've got an image of that. Will he also glow, do you think? Or um, not sure? I, I don't know whether he's going to glow. I think right. the plan for him is to... Hit, we're kind of aiming at like a... I mean, you guys mentioned Master of the Universe Classics. Yes. So the, the kind of uh, Spirit of Grayskull figure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That has that kind of milky, kind of green glowy-ish, yep. not really translucent-y kind of ghostly look to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, what, cool that's what we're aiming at with yeah, Spirit. Yeah, cool. Excellent. And then you've got the silhouette. Can you tell us anything about the uh, the Deathatron Prime? Is he a horde? Deathatron Prime. Yeah. Is he yeah. horde Death, influence? Deathatron Prime. You're going to see Deathatron Prime in the three and three quarter before you see right. oh. yes. um, yeah. the eight-inch one. Yeah. Deathatron Prime is... Uh, the idea behind him is that, that Deathletron is a race, so he's a race of beings, mm-hmm. and Deathletron Prime is the oldest of that race, mm-hmm. and it's like an ancient sorcerer. So he's going to look very similar to Deathletron, but his skin is a different color. He's got this huge, you know, spiked helmet that's in gold, this sorcerer's staff. You know, he looks absolutely nothing like God Skeletor. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Nice, nice shout-outs, by yeah. the way. Nothing, nothing yeah. at all. Not at all. <laughs> you mentioned... Yeah, I, I deny everything. Please <laughs> I know, I know nothing. You alluded to the three um, three-quarter-inch line. Where's that currently sitting as far as what's happening with it? We're almost there. Fantastic. We are almost yeah. there with that. Um, the three and three quarter inch line is going to pre-order either end of October, end of this month, or first week in November. Oh, that is imminent. It's in, it's in production at the moment, and it will be delivered before Christmas. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And I can it? attest uh, to the delivery schedules uh, of uh, you guys. You guys are absolutely fantastic. Perfectly packed. Uh, great tracking, all that sort of jazz. So, especially from an overseas, you know, customer, um, mm-hmm. yeah, ten out of ten. So, excellent. Well, I, yeah, I, I like my stuff to arrive intact. So, you know, <laughs> well, don't don't go. It's pretty important to, to us too. Yeah. Don't go work yeah, by Amazon. Yeah. But no, the Novatron three and three quarter inch stuff. We are extremely excited about it. There is six figures in the line four of which you've seen, two of which you have not. Um, Mm -hmm. Even though we have revealed six figures to you, two of them are coming next year. So um, out of the six that we showed you, the Golem and Psycat are coming next year, very early next year. And the four, sorry, the six that are due to come out this year are Deathletron, Udoc, uh, Hadar, Andromeda, uh, Deathletron Prime, mm. and a character that I'm really excited about, which is called the Nova Centurion. Oh, nice. okay. sounds interesting. Because <laughs> I was like, what do I really want in a three and three quarter inch action figure line? I want a trooper. Yeah, <laughs> why not? You got to got to build up the armies. Yeah, always right. got to have an army. Exactly. Building's a great thing, and that exactly. scale definitely. Mm. All right, so so for someone coming from your background who sort of stepped out of your day job and uh, doing, you know, the dream job now, so to speak, uh, tell us, you know, our listeners and things that are uh, listening, you know, how, do they, how does one get their foot in the door for this sort of thing? You know, give us some tips. Give us, uh, you know, tell us a secret for us to, you know, you know, give a big kiss the birdie to our boss and, uh, you know, start our own toy line tomorrow, so to speak. Uh, right, okay, well, first off, uh, Perseverance. Uh, don't expect to come into this and make money yeah. straight off because you just won't. Yeah, you just you just won't. You've got to persevere because I don't want to sound and and be disheartening to anybody that wants to start a toy company and wants to start making toys. Because if you do want to start a toy company and you do want to make toys, then do it because 
nobody's going to sit there and go, yeah, that's a great idea because nobody's going to do that. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you do it. If you're going to do it, go for it. But at the same time, get ready for the hardest that you'll ever work. Because it will, if you think that you work hard now, <laughs> working like eight hour days, nine hour days, 12 hour days, you are not ready for what's coming. <laughs> Especially yeah. as an independent outfit. Yeah. You yeah, know, for sure. if there's only a couple of you like there is with us, you're not ready for what's coming because you literally have to have all the caps and you have to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Including talking to China at four o'clock in the morning because that's the best time for them, <laughs> you know talking to, to people over here, talking to the US, if you're having stuff made over there, it doesn't matter where you are, you've got to be that man that's in the middle. I'd say so perseverance is is a massive, massive part of it. If you're going to do it, do it and go the whole hog. Because mm. yeah, cool. nobody's going to tell you that it's a good idea and you're just going to have to go for it. Mm. The second thing I would say to you is uh, head versus heart the argument of head versus heart because if you're like me and you're a toy guy all you want to do is create cool stuff yep. yeah. <laughs> that's all you yep. want to do yeah and it's like i don't care if i don't if i sell it i'm not i'm i don't care about that. i just want, to, I just want to make cool stuff but you've got to sell it yeah because you've got to create income because otherwise you're back in the day job yep. yes yeah yeah and if you don't create income you can't make any more so yes you might build up and save up to make one it's like look at what i created but then you'll never ever make another one yeah and that'll kill you more than making the first one yep yeah because you'll sit there forever and go oh my god i wish i could i would have done that or should i have done this or or i'd love to have done this or ah and that that's even worse Mm. so the head versus heart argument is a very valid one where you have to kind of say I want to create this and I want to create all of this now, but I can't create all of this now. I have to hold myself back and I have to do in sections mm. and I have to do it bit by bit. And I'll, and, you know, I'll hold my hands up. I, I, I'm not really that guy. I'm just fortunate enough that I have my better half who's my business partner because she can then be that person because yeah. Yeah. she is constantly dragging me from down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Get out of there. Not a good idea. She's, We're doing she's it like, way. no, no, no more variants. Like, <laughs> she's like, no. And I'm like, she's like, I haven't produced one yet. She's like, but you're designing fine. <laughs> like, stop it. Yeah. 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 yeah stop nice. it. Behave. Yeah. Sweet. So that's, that's kind of like, so I would say, yeah, perseverance, be ready to work hard. In terms of what is perceived as well as being the rules, well, there's rules in how this works. No, 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 mm. no. In terms of rules, there isn't a handbook for this. Yeah. Mm. There isn't a website where you can go to and like look at it. And it's like how to make a toy. <laughs> there isn't. There isn't a you know a, a, a yellow and, and and black book that you can go and buy from your local bookstore. This is toy making for, <laughs> for dummies. dummies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this doesn't exist. So there is no handbook for it. So if you want to do it, you will need to learn the hard way because people don't give that information up. No. Yeah. They won't. They won't give it to you. They won't turn around and say, well, this is where you go. or this is what you do. Because everybody, once they've done that hard work, doesn't want other people to just stroll in and replicate. Yeah, yeah of course. Right. Yep. But at the same time, you do need to learn what those bits and pieces are. And if you've got what you think is a good workflow and what you think is a good process and it gets the job done, yep. like it's sat on your table there, and it works for you. Yeah then it works. Excellent. It doesn't matter how you get there. Yeah. So long as you get there and it doesn't kill you in the process. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. No, oh, it's a uh, very, very uh, tough process running mm. any small business yeah. on your own. So yeah, that's, it's sure. a credit Absolutely. to learn it. Yeah. So, um, so what have you got quick rundown? What have you got planned for the future and anything you can tease us here tonight, please? Uh, right. Okay. So Novatron wave one. Yes. Is imminent uh coming into next year i can tell you guys exclusively for the first time because Ooh. this has not been made public yet yeah, um, like we're, 
Yeah, uh, you guys are the first ones that were telling that we will be making Cosmic Cowboys next year. Oh! Oh, wow. Oh, that's fantastic. Beautiful. Congratulations. You heard it here first on Toy Power, everyone. Oh, the wow. news-breaking podcast for the toy community. Yeah. Thank you so much, yeah. Nick. That's super exciting. Be, that's cool. It is very, very exciting because they're, they're a line that's extremely dear to my heart. I've, yeah. I've had them. I, I had them when I was a kid. You know, I, I played with them when I was a kid. I collect them now. We are making Cosmic Cowboys oh. next year. Uh, and I can tell you something else exclusively as well that we've not told anybody else. We'll be making them in two formats Ooh. next year. Yeah. We'll be making them as three and three quarter. Yep. Yeah. And we'll be making them as 5.5. 5. Oh, oh, wow. Very cool. Five. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Very cool so, scales, both of those. Yeah. Makes, makes Historically sense, significant uh, yeah. in the toy community mm-hmm. for sure. Living the dream, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, hopefully. Um, what else can I tell you about next year? Uh, Duck Boy is coming back next year. Duck Boy uh, returns. We're, yeah, Duck Boy returns, absolutely. <laughs> we're already mapping out wave two of Novatron three and three quarter. Yep. Excellent. Cool. You know about Spirit of Monster Castle? Yes. Yep. So that, that'll be at some point next year. I'm not going to guarantee when, but it will be at some point yes, next year. Yes, I understand. Yeah. Um, there is one other thing that I can tell you that we have not told anybody yet, which we will be telling people very, very shortly, mm. is that with Novatron Wave 1, when you see those come through, if you guys order them or anybody orders them or whatever, uh, you're going to see a sticker on the front, which is for an old school style mail-away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are actually running a... You buy eight figures... And it's going to run until kind of like next summer. Yeah. Um, you buy eight figures. Doesn't matter which eight. There is a holographic token with a serial number on the back. You provide the eight serial numbers to us. You pay for the shipping, and you're going to get an exclusive figure oh, to the post. Wow! wow. Oh, and holographic, I... did you say? How did <laughs> yes. You... Wow, that's um, Super Seven. They they couldn't even manage holo- holograms in their um, <laughs> Eldor figure meant to come with. How did you manage a hologram? I thought that was defunct technology. <laughs> no no no, we've got we got a holo- we got a holographic token oh. done for the back of the card. You got to get in touch um, with Brian Flynn. To, we're not asking you to, to cut that out. No, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, say. no thank goodness you've thought that's, about the mint on card collectors. That's that's, that's horrendous. <laughs> um, but uh, we're not asking you to do that. But we are saying. You know, here is the the serial number yeah. on it. We want all eight serial numbers. You pay for the shipping, mm. and we're going to send you the, this this exclusive figure. And if you want me to tell you oh, what that figure is, yeah, you, you guys <laughs> mentioned you guys re- mentioned Remco earlier. Yep. Yes, yeah. It's a three and three quarter inch skull man. Oh! <laughs> Ben's thrown his head back. I'm pretty sure he's wow. just bought uh, eight. Yeah, right eight. Well, they, like, yeah, Cosmic Cowboys. With a few, uh, yeah, wow. With, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to have to rest Ben in the hospital after this. Oh, that's, yeah. That's fantastic. Oh, I know where I'm spending my money next. What a great lineup. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's... Congratulations, oh. going from strength to strength. Yeah. Now that's, that's super hey, news. Where can people find your products, Nick? What's the best place um, if they want to purchase any of the stuff you've mentioned? Uh, well, as I say, at the moment, like you'll find our vinyl stuff on, on our website, which is nemastudios.com. So it's C-O-N-E-M-A. Um, you'll find it there. We're on Instagram at Nema Studios. And Facebook, obviously, is Nema Studios. So it's all Nema Studios. <laughs> uh, but you'll, um, yeah, um, you'll... You'll be able to get hold of, I say, Novatron Wave 1. You'll be able to pre-order those. It's going to be last week of October, first week of November. And as I say, we are pushing like mental for delivery before Christmas. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, hopefully, if not, like late December. Yeah, of course. Kind of thing. Yeah. We, don't yeah. want, we don't really want people to wait for these. We want people to be able to have them and kind of, you know, play with them or display them or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Hey, look, uh, wife, this is what I bought. This is what you bought me for Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, NemaStudios.com is the platform where you'll get them, and you, the thing is, you'll only get them through that platform. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's not there's not any distribution or anything like that. There was a couple of other places where you could buy Deathatron from, 
during the pre-order window that we that we work with, but we've taken the decision with the three and three quarter inch figures that they are coming exclusively just from us. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. if you want them, there's only the one place. Fantastic. Makes sense. Cool. Nick, thank you so much for guesting on Toy Power. It's been an absolute blast chatting to you it's about your journey and all the pleasure. cool stuff you're producing. Yeah. Super, super cool to, to get and some of those inside scoops as well. Yeah, amazing. Had an absolute blast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys, for having me. It's been an absolute riot. Yeah. Stay well and take care, Nick. And um, I hope you. your family and, and friends and loved ones all stay well as well during this time. There and Same to you guys. Thank you. And we say that, Thanks of course, to, to all our listeners as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we appreciate um, what the world's going through right now. We want everyone to stay safe and, and well. And Absolutely. until next time, good journey. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast. At Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Or have your say and email us. Toy Power Podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher. And please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people want to learn more go to giantsizeteamup.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows well they're not more awesome than us but they're, yeah. oh, oh, oh.